Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter, where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode 51 using locator calls to locate turkeys. And I am your host, whose favorite food group is Doritos. I'm not 100% sure, but I do believe I remember from elementary school that one of the food groups is Doritos. You may not want to double-check me on that. Hey, we are 180 days, 12 hours, no minutes, and 14 seconds away from opening day of turkey season. We are less than six months away from opening day of turkey season in Alabama. It's going to get here quick, and I'm ready to go. Before we get into today's show, I want to thank Germ983 for leaving a review on iTunes. Germ983 says, Five stars. Relief for the turkey hunter in the off-season. I got bit by the turkey hunting bug two years ago when invited to go on a turkey hunting trip with some friends from church. As soon as I heard the first gobble in the woods that morning, I was hooked. Since then, I have failed to bring home a bird with me, but have seen lots of hens and a tom or two without a shot at them. This podcast keeps me occupied and keeps me thinking about thunder chickens in the off-season. So when the season rolls around, I've got a game plan in mind already. I can feel it. My first bird is coming in the spring of 2016, and thank you in advance for helping me squeeze the trigger on that stubborn, high-pressured Georgia Eastern Gobbler. Thanks, Andy. Well, thank you, Germ983, for the review. I appreciate you taking time to do that. And I would like to ask those of you who have not left a review to please go over to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and leave a five-star rating and a review. Your reviews stoke the fire to keep this project that I call the Turkey Hunter Podcast going strong. Thanks again, Germ983. And while I'm on the topic of thanking you guys, I'd like to thank a couple of guys for reaching out to me to share a few ideas for show topics with me over the past couple of weeks. Brent Rogers and Rob Fridley, thank you for your awesome suggestions for show topics. I've written down all of those ideas, and I'll get to them in the not-too-distant future. So if you're listening to the show and you've got ideas or suggestions for a future show, then email me at andy at iamturkeyhunting.com. Chances are, if you want to learn more about the topic that you have in mind, then there are others who do too. 
So shoot me an email, let me know about your topic, or if you've got an idea of someone that you would like for me to interview on the show about turkey hunting, then send that on to me as well. And if you've got a telephone number or an email address for that person, then that would be a big help. Hey, let's get on to today's show. You know, one of my favorite games as a kid is a summertime game called Marco Polo. And Marco Polo is played in the swimming pool. For those of you who don't know what it is, it's basically a game of tag in the swimming pool where the person who is it, and I'm putting that in air quotations because you can't see me, I have to tell you that, but the person who is it has to keep their eyes closed and when that person calls out Marco, the other players who have their eyes open and who are trying to avoid being tagged call out Polo. And so imagine a pool full of kids where one's calling Marco and the others are answering Polo. Marco, Polo, Marco, Polo, until the person who is it tags one of the other players who becomes it. What in the world does this have to do with turkey hunting? Turkey hunting is just like Marco Polo, except it's played in the springtime and in the woods, and the person who is it, being the hunter, has their eyes open and their ears open, and they're calling out Marco with a locator call. Sometimes the turkey replies with a polo, which is a gobble, and sometimes they don't. And when they don't respond, we all know how frustrating that is. Because I know what I'm about to say is true for most of us, and that is that a turkey's gobble is a big part of what draws us into the woods early in the morning during the spring. A big part of getting that turkey to gobble is using a locator call to shock that Tom into giving away his location. Today I want to share with you some of the tips and strategies for using locator calls to locate turkeys. And if we can't get turkeys to gobble, then our days in the turkey woods will be very frustrating. Like those days when you're it in the swimming pool and you call out Marco and all of the other players that you're playing with are cheating and they don't reply. So I want to discuss some of the different types of locator calls and offer some tips that have helped me over the years to get that turkey to scream out, Polo! So I'm going to talk about the most effective ones first. The first two are really, in my opinion, the most effective ones. And I'm pretty sure that you guys can guess which ones those are. The first one is the crow call. And most likely every hunter's go-to locator call from early morning to late afternoon is the crow call. The call works consistently and it works well. But there are a couple of things that you can do to get better results from your crow calls. First, we all need to know that different crow calls work better in different areas. I'm not sure why this is, but it's true. Some turkeys like higher-pitched crow calls. Some turkeys like more raspy crow calls. And what I've generally found is that if you find a crow call that's effective in one area, say your home hunting area, and you travel out of state, that crow call may or may not be as effective as another crow call. So so if your favorite crow call works great in your home state of Georgia and your buddy invites you to North Carolina to go hunting with him, it's not a bad idea to have a spare crow call, a different brand spare crow call in your turkey hunting gearbox. The worst sounding crow can make turkeys gobble. So 
If you're going to invest in a new crow call, ask some of your hunting buddies what brand of call they use and if they like it and if they get response from it. I don't care how realistic the crow call sounds. If it's not making turkeys gobble, it's not worth the money that you pay for it. So how do you know before you spend the money on a crow call? Ask your buddies what they use and what works well for them. A good friend of mine has a crow call that sounds like a freaking party horn. It sounds like you're at a New Year's Eve party with him, and he's blowing it like crazy. It sounds bad, but it makes turkeys gobble, more so than my great-sounding crow call that I use. So what would you rather have? A call that you can win a crow calling contest with, or a call that makes turkeys gobble? I'm buying a new crow call. I don't know about you guys. Another tip for you with your crow call, vary the volume and the cadence of your crow calling during the middle of the call. This sometimes is all it takes to make a turkey gobble. It's that extra little bit, that extra little stress, that extra little something out of the ordinary that will make a turkey gobble a lot of times. So what do I mean by that? I mean, while you're blowing the crow call, and I'm doing this with my mouth, so bear with me, it may sound horrible. When you're blowing the crow call, instead of going, ah, 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 try ah, ah, ah. just a little bit something, a little more emphasis on one of those calls. You don't have to put the emphasis on every single one of them. It doesn't have to be the first one. It doesn't have to be the last one. A little more emphasis on one of those calls is sometimes all it takes. Get angry and irritated on the call if you have to. Sound like an angry or mad crow. And sometimes that'll get a turkey to gobble when you sat there for five minutes and blown on the crow call with nothing going on. Mix your crow calling up. Listen to the crows in the woods. They are very vocal. All of those vocalizations mean something in the crow's world. I don't know what they mean, and I don't pretend to know what they mean. But I do know that you can make almost any sound on a crow call. And there's probably a crow that's made the exact same sound. So you're not going to spook a turkey by varying your calling. All right, another little crow call tip for you is this. Growl with that call. What does that mean? If you've ever heard crows when they're harassing each other or they're being harassed by something or they're harassing something. They've got this growl that they use and it's kind of like a It's that growl before the call that you just heard. Now if you do that and a turkey does not respond to your calling, I will just about bet you that that growl will be enough to bring in crows to your location, to your area, that when they land in the trees and they're calling, they could very well make a turkey gobble. So keep your ears open and listen closely when you're blowing on that crow call. Sometimes you don't have to get the turkey to gobble. You just have to get the crows to come into your area and they can make the turkey gobble for you. Okay, call number two just as effective if not more effective than the crow call depends on who you ask and it's probably my favorite locator call is the owl hoot it's my favorite because i think they're one of the coolest animals on the face of the earth even if they are turkey poult predators an owl hoot can be used any time of day 
but typically it works best early in the morning and late in the afternoon. So don't be afraid at 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning to let out an owl hoot. They make turkeys gobble no matter what time of day it is. So give that a whirl. Here's some tips to get better results from your owl hoots. First, vary the pitch of your hoot from the first half of the hoot to the second half. So here's what I'm talking about. An owl hoot is simply who cooks for you, who cooks for you all. So on the who cooks for you all part of that hoot, vary that. Make that a higher pitch. And while you're at it, make it a higher volume as well. That's the second part of this tip that I'm going to give you here. So what does that sound like? I'm trying to do all these calls with my natural voice without blowing your speakers up or blowing your ears up. I still want you to be able to hear a turkey gobble this spring, so I'm trying not to do these too loud. But here's what I'm talking about. So you do the who cooks for you in one pitch and volume and the who cooks for you all at a much higher pitch and volume. That makes turkeys gobble like crazy, I'm telling you. If a regular owl hoot is not getting a response, if you'll try that, more often than not, you'll get a turkey to respond. It works extremely well in the afternoons when you're roosting a turkey. So put that one in your pocket and try that out. Another tip with the owl hoot is to laugh. Learn to laugh with your owl hooter, whether you are using your natural voice or you're using a call, learn to laugh with it. So what is the laugh? Well, the barred owl, a lot of times when they're calling, they will make a sound that sounds like a laugh. It sounds like that laugh can be enough to make a turkey gobble. The last tip that I'm going to give you about owl hooting is if you can learn to screech like a barred owl. I can do this with my mouth. I'm not going to do it because it is very loud. I've tried to do this quietly with a normal volume and it's nearly impossible for me to even make it sound decent. But if you've heard owls screech, if you can learn to imitate that, that will make turkeys gobble. It's very effective at making turkeys gobble. All right, number three, coyote howler. This is another great locator call. I like to use this one early in the mornings and late in the afternoons or early evening when a turkey's on the roost. And in addition to the howls, the yips and the barks of a coyote also work to get a turkey to gobble. Now, if you're hunting in Texas or Kansas or Oklahoma, this call works extremely well in the southwest where those coyotes are plentiful and very vocal. In fact, in those areas, they have many more coyotes than they do owls. And so a lot of hunters will go there and just use a coyote howler and won't use an owl call at all. The coyote howler makes the turkeys gobble very well. And some hunters don't like to use them because they say the howls of a coyote can scare a turkey. Now, I'm not convinced of that, but I still don't use a coyote howler as a locator call when I'm within a couple hundred yards of a turkey, whether he's roosted or he's on the ground. I think it's one of those, 
I think it's one of those locator calls that works better when the turkeys are on the roost than when the turkeys are on the ground. Maybe it does have something to do with scaring the turkeys. I don't know. But my experience is that it does work better when they're on the roost. And it works best in the afternoon or in the evening if you're having a hard time getting a turkey to gobble on the roost. Number four, the gobble tube or box call. There's not much else like the gobble of a turkey to get another turkey to respond and reveal his location. This call works any time of day, and I probably don't need to go into a whole lot of detail about it. Just remember to avoid using it on public land. As tempted as you may be, don't use it on that public land. And a double-sided box call, those gobble tubes that you can shake with your hand, and the mouth-blown calls, like the haint call, all work very, very well as locator calls. Okay, locator call number five. We all know it should probably be locator call number one, two, or three, because it's going to be one of the first one, two, or three locator calls that we do when we stop to try to locate turkeys. But I don't want to spend a lot of time on it today, because it really is an episode in and of itself. It's really that important that we discuss using turkey calls to locate turkeys in an episode by itself. So, I put it way down here at number five. It really should be up at the top of the list of locator calls. But again, I put it down here because I'm not going to spend a lot of time with it. But, it's so much better than numbers seven, eight, nine, and ten that I couldn't put it at the bottom of the list and I couldn't leave it off the list altogether or you guys would be emailing me to say, hey, what about turkey calls? So, we're moving on. Number six, a hawk call. Now, I know many of you have had a lot of success using a hawk call to locate turkeys. Personally, I've had it work only a handful of times for me. What I have noticed with hawks and turkeys gobbling in the wild is that the turkeys seem to gobble more often if the hawk is very close to the gobbler and the hawk is agitated as well. So try to sound like an agitated hawk, and if you don't know what one of those sound like, then the next time you're in the woods and you see a jay or a mockingbird or a crow dive-bombing a hawk, listen very closely and try to imitate that sound in the springtime with your hawk call. You will have some success with that. And in some parts of the country, it works better than others. Where I hunt, I don't have much success with it. But that doesn't mean that you should not have a hawk call in your vest. Okay, number seven and number eight. I've had about equal success with these. The crow of a rooster. I know what you're thinking. I've lost my mind. The crow of a rooster in an area where a turkey is used to hearing roosters crow will make a turkey gobble. It is a very good locator call to use in those areas. And to make a rooster crow, I'll use a raspy three-reed diaphragm call for this and let it rip. It's very easy to imitate, and you may be surprised at how well it works. Number eight, a goose call. The honk of a Canadian goose will make a turkey gobble from a long distance away. It's a great call for any time of day because you guys know if you spend any time in the woods in an area where there are geese, geese are vocal morning, noon, and night. It does not matter. I have noticed that it does work better in an area where there are geese that fly over, 
than in an area where I have not heard any geese on a regular basis. You don't have to do anything fancy, just a plain old goose honk here will work. And be careful with these calls because they can be very loud. So you don't want to blow the turkey away with your goose honk. All right, number nine, the pileated woodpecker. And this is another call that I've not had a lot of success with. And I can probably count on one hand the number of times that I've heard a turkey gobble to the sound of a pileated woodpecker while I've been hunting. But the only way to know if it works where you hunt is to try it out and see. I can tell you it does not do much for me in the areas that I normally hunt. And I hear a lot of woodpeckers in the woods. Number 10. Now I almost left this one out. I almost left it out. But then I thought, I've got such a good story to go with this, I've got to include it. The peacock. So I've saved the best, or maybe I should say the worst, for last. And here's why I say that. I have used a peacock call before in the woods and never gotten a response from any turkey within 150 miles of where I am. Now, I say that like I can actually hear that far. Obviously, it's an exaggeration, but I have hunted places where other hunters have used peacock calls, and I could hear them blowing on a peacock call from a half mile away, and I never heard any response from their calling either. I have heard peacock calls made in the woods hundreds of times and have never heard a turkey respond. And now comes the story. So about 12 months ago, I get an email from one of my neighbors who owns some property next to me in Chilton County. And you guys have heard me talk about my property in Chilton County, Alabama, just south of Birmingham. One of my neighbors emailed me and in the email asked if I had seen a peacock on my property. And he included pictures of a peacock that he saw driving to his property. So I replied back and told him, no, I've not seen any peacocks. I've not heard of anyone else who's seen any peacock out there. And, you know, maybe it's just a bird that's gotten away from somebody's house and is passing through. Well, I was talking to another neighbor out there shortly after I got that email and was telling that neighbor about the peacock. And that neighbor says to me, oh, yeah, I've got the peacock on my game cameras and he's hanging out with the turkeys. He'll come into the feeder, and he'll feed at the feeder, and usually he'll do it at the same time that turkeys are there. So he's hanging out with turkeys. Well, I thought that was pretty interesting. This past season, I'm hunting my property in Chilton County, and the turkeys were gobbling pretty well that morning, but none of those turkeys were on my property, nor were any of those turkeys on property that I had permission to hunt. So I am listening to turkeys gobble on neighboring properties that I don't have permission to be on. So I'm doing just that. I'm listening and I'm calling and hoping that one of those turkeys will make its way towards me. So as I'm calling, I hear what sounds like a cat's meow at 50 yards. It's a very loud meow. And when I hear it, a turkey gobbles. And I thought, man, it's the end of March, 1st of April. It is awfully late for a bobcat to be in heat because that's exactly what it sounded like, was your neighborhood cat in heat. 
and I have a Predator call that has a Bobcat in Heat call, and it sounded just like that to me. So I thought, this is very strange this time of year for a Bobcat to be in heat. But I'm going to move over and hide and see if I can call the Bobcat out into the open and get a shot. So I sit down at the edge of one of the fields on my place, and I call, and I sit, and I wait, and I listen, and I look, and I don't see anything, but I hear something walking in the woods behind me about 30, 35 yards away. And I turn, and I look in that direction, and I can't see anything. And the wind is blowing right to where I'm hearing the sound come from. So I'm thinking, if that's the bobcat, the bobcat's going to smell me, and it's going to be gone. So I sat there for about 15 minutes. I never saw anything, didn't hear it again. So I get up, and I walk across the field that I'd set up on the edge of. After I moved over to the other side of the field, I called again, and I hear the cat meow again, and a turkey gobbles. This time the cat is about... 75 yards away from me on the edge of the field and so I just step over into the briars on my edge of the field both hands on the gun and I wait and wait and nothing no more sound no sight of the bobcat nothing so I sit there for about 15 or 20 minutes and I finally decide that I need to go I need to get to work so I walk down the road from the field get to my truck, and where I parked my truck, I have to drive through the field that I just left. So I put all of my gear in the truck, and I start to drive out of the area where I'm hunting. I get to the field where I'd heard the bobcat meowing, and I see something crossing the road, and the first thought that goes through my mind is, there's that gobbler that's been gobbling every time that cat meows. So I slam on the brakes, and I look a little bit closer, and something told me that that was not a turkey. It was a bird, but it was not a turkey. So I drove closer to where it was, and I stopped, and I looked, and it was a dang peacock. I had just called in the peacock that my neighbor sent me pictures of that he took while he was driving down the road, and one of my other neighbors had pictures of on his game cam, on his trail camera. And so I snapped a couple of pictures of it very quickly with my phone because it did not waste any time getting out of the area once it saw my truck. I'm not real sure why it was so skittish, but it was. And I went on to work, got to work, and I pulled up peacock sounds. There's, I think, two different varieties of peacocks, and one of the varieties of peacock makes a call that sounds just like a cat meowing or a cat in heat. And every time that that peacock made that call, one of those turkeys would gobble at him. So, does the peacock call work? Yes. Is it going to work where you hunt? I have no earthly idea. I have never heard a turkey gobble at a human trying to imitate a peacock. But I have heard a turkey gobble at a peacock imitating a peacock. So take the peacock call for what it's worth. If you want to invest in one, then knock yourself out. Personally, I think it may work better if you're turkey hunting in an area where you have peacocks. 
which are probably not many areas. So really, I would recommend instead of buying a peacock call, go buy yourself a couple of good crow or owl calls. I think you'll get much better results and much more consistent gobbling than you will with the peacock call. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's show and got some useful information from it. Remember, when you're working your locator calls, to start your locator calling sequence at a tolerable volume and then crank up the volume from there if you get no response. You don't want to blow a turkey out of a tree or blow a turkey out of a bottom that's a short distance away from you because you've crow called too loudly or you've owl hooted too loudly or you've coyote howled too loudly. So start at what is a tolerable volume nothing terribly loud, and if you don't get a response, crank up the volume from there and see what happens. Before I let you guys go today, be sure to go on over to www.diymerriamsturkeyhunt.com diymerriamsturkeyhunt.com to get a copy of my ebook where I share with you from soup to nuts where to go to kill a Merriam's turkey to start or finish your Grand Slam. You've got to have a Merriam's for your Grand Slam. And you may as well go somewhere on public land that has plentiful, unpressured Merriam's turkeys and do it on the cheap and do it on your own. So go check out the website, pick up a copy of the book. You won't regret it. And if you do, it's as easy as sending me an email and asking for your money back. No questions asked. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.